from iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Secure our territory. Secure our turf. Because it's all our turf. Elite, Kenny and the Bucks, listen, this that undisputed, yeah, we're here to shock the system. This a war zone going down on Wednesday nights. This a fight, this is NXT vs. Dynamite. Weekly battles, rating shattered, this a revolution. This is change to what the game is used to doing. This is all about that dark and light contrast. Welcome to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast. Welcome to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast. I am your host, Mike De Niro. What a show we got for you tonight. Before we get into it, though, I just want to thank all my subscribers from all over the world. Thank you for all the support. Thanks for following the podcast. Thanks for following along on Instagram at Fight for Wednesday Night. And thanks for following on Discord at Fight for Wednesday Night. Like I said before, when the podcast ends, the conversation continues on Discord. So make sure you get on there. Follow along. Let's all support each other. All right. So let's go right into this. What a week it was. This is week 35 of the war. And damn, both NXT and AEW came out full guns blazing, swinging for the fences. Both shows were amazing. Usually I would go over one show and then the other, but it's just, there's so many similarities between these two shows that I kind of want to talk about both of them at the same time, which is something that I haven't really done before, but I'm going to do it now. Listen, on one show we had a full combat cage fight. And then on the other show, at the same time, we have some combat cage fight legends, along with one of the greatest, ca- one of the greatest combat fighters of all time. So these shows had a lot of parallels with each other. We had an amazing tournament match. Drake Maverick, Jake Atlas, and Kushida tore the roof off the place for the first match of NXT tonight. And before I get into that, I just want to say that it is good to finally have fans in the crowd for WWE events. I know it's the wrestlers, I know it's the AEW route, but it's just been too long since we heard crowd participation and noise in the background of these matches. It's a little, it's a shame that it didn't happen for some of the pay-per-views like WrestleMania and Money in the Bank, but you know what? Better late than never. I'm happy that we have it now. So tonight, NXT actually had a change of pace because there was actually noise in the background, which was really cool. 
Let's get into NXT. Drake Maverick and Jake Atlas, Kushida, they tore the roof off the place, like I said. Drake Maverick wins the match. Controversy, though. Kushida had the armbar on uh, Jake Atlas while Drake Maverick was pinning him. Atlas taps out. Drake Maverick gets the pin. Very controversial. It really didn't lead to nothing unless it leads to something in the weeks to come because even though Kushida was basically robbed of this opportunity... Kushida basically gave his respect to Drake Maverick later on in the night and said that he is pulling for Drake Maverick. Drake Maverick says that if he wins the title, Kushida will get the first title shot. I don't know. I think that Phantasma is going to win this match next week against Drake Maverick. I'm a big Phantasma fan. I've always been a fan of his. Like I said last week, I was a fan of his as King Cuerno in Lucha Underground. Big fan of his here in uh, NXT. Was a big fan of his in AAA. His little shot with TNA, I was a huge fan of his. So I'm I'm pulling for Phantasma. I don't know. I think if Drake Maverick wins the match, then it's clear and obvious that he is still contracted with WWE right now. Obviously, we know he was part of the uh, roster members that were cut earlier in the month. So I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see where they go with this. But this was a really good show for NXT. Really good show. We had a couple squash matches on here, but... You know, it, it, it built up to NXT TakeOver, so there is a purpose for it, which was cool. Johnny Gargano got a quick, easy win against Adrian Alanis or Alanis. Afterwards, we got Keith Lee and Mia Yim cutting a promo, basically mocking uh, Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae, setting up their match at TakeOver. We had, later on in the night, we had a uh, basically a squash match between Tommaso Ciampa and Leon Ruff. Scarlett Bardot was in the aisle way, basically setting up their match between Tommaso Ciampa and Karrion Cross at In Your House. So, everything on this show had a purpose. We had Shotzi Blackheart versus Raquel, Raquel Gonzalez, which was a decent match. Dakota Kai basically was there to set up their match if they fight at NXT TakeOver. I'm hoping that they do. Oh, not Raquel. Uh, Dakota Kai basically destroyed the tank that Shotzi Blackheart comes out in. This led to Tegan Knox coming out, continuing on that feud. To be honest, I could care less to see another Tegan Knox Dakota Kai match. I like where they're going with Shotzi Blackheart and with uh, Dakota Kai. I know that Candice LeRae even came out for this match. She got in. Tegan Knox's face. This led to Dakota Kai helping uh, Gonzalez win the match. It was decent, but as long as we get Shotzi Blackheart and Dakota Kai, I would love to see that on the pay-per-view. I think that that match would be really good, and it would be a good showcase to show what Shotzi Blackheart could do and Dakota Kai because, you know, we we weren't too big on Dakota Kai's heel turn. Well, we were we loved the heel turn, but all the fallout after it, she wasn't built up to be so strong like we thought she should have been. I think that this match with Shotzi Blackheart could really prove what both these women could do. We got build up for Damian Priest and Finn Balor. It was revealed a couple weeks ago that Damian Priest was the attacker of Finn Balor. Finn Balor been off TV ever since, kind of promos here and there, but we're going to get that match at in your house. In your house is really shaping up to be a really good show, by the way. Like I know I was critical and I wasn't too keen on the product as of late but I gotta say the last couple weeks really brought me back in you know I felt like Michael Carleone like just when I think I'm out they find a way to pull me back in I'm really excited for NXT TakeOver 
because yeah, some of these matches is just that card is stacked. Like Carrying Cross versus Tommaso Ciampa. That's a dream match. Like I, I'm really excited for that match. Keith Lee and Mia Yim versus Johnny Gargano and Kansas LeRae. That's going to be an awesome match. We're going to get Io Shirai, Charlotte, and Rhea Ripley in the three-way for the NXT Women's Champion. That match is just going to... I'm sure they're going to tear the roof off the place with that one. So, I'm really excited for the show. Speaking of the women, Charlotte and a mystery partner versus Ripley and Io Shirai took place tonight. Her mystery partner was Chelsea Green, giving the rub to Chelsea Green, I guess. It was a really good matchup. Charlotte pins Io Shirai using the ropes. I think that this could have been a moment to really catapult Chelsea Green if she got the pinfall victory over Io Shirai, but nonetheless, it was a good match. Chelsea Green kind of seemed a little out of place there, but you know what? She's still growing, like... No pun intended, she's still green, but she's going to get there. I think that surrounding her by such talent like Ripley, Shirai, and Charlotte will really put her in that position to really break out in the future. So that was really cool. We had a, I guess, a Skype or a Zoom call between William Regal and Adam Cole. Basically, Adam Cole said that in your house, he's facing Velveteen Dream, but this he only will face Velveteen Dream with the one condition that this is Velveteen Dream's last shot at the title. And William Regal agrees. He says that he's going to find a setting that's fitting for this title match. So I'm guessing this is going to be a very cinematic match like we've been getting on pay-per-views for WWE and AEW. So I would fully expect this to be very cinematic. I could see this being in some like parking lot or a back alley. I don't know, but... They basically set this up to be a cinematic match, which is following the trend of cinematic matches during the pandemic because we've seen it from every single company, including Impact Wrestling. Like, everyone's doing cinematic matches right now. So I wouldn't expect anything less from NXT, and especially for this title match. The main event of this show was Matt Riddle versus Timothy Thatcher in a cage fight. Special guest referee, Kurt Angle. This was insane. Within a fir- the first couple minutes, Timothy Thatcher got two teeth knocked out by Matt Riddle. He's bleeding everywhere. They're basically going a nice hybrid style of MMA, pro wrestling, catches catch can, grappling. This was a really good match. I love this matchup. The cage was different. It wasn't just a regular cage match. They removed the ropes. It seemed like a UFC style fight. They had a platform up top. It was just really good. Timothy Thatcher comes out with the victory. He submits Matt Riddle, which is a big victory. I know there's been rumors of Matt Riddle going to the main roster. I could see this being the moment when he does because this built up Timothy Thatcher as a monster while also Riddle putting over the next guy while he's on his way out. So I could see that happening. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just don't don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being 
I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Like I said, big victory for Timothy Thatcher and a big night for NXT. This was a really good show that I thoroughly enjoyed. I'm really happy for them. The last couple of weeks, I really enjoyed the product. So I'm really looking forward to In Your House on uh, June 7th. NXT, really good. I'm giving them an 8 out of 10, which is a really high score for them as of late. The crowd being there, well, the fans being there adds a lot to the product. Great main event, really believable main event. A lot of build-up to the pay-per-view. Everything made sense on this show. So, yeah, great show. NXT, kudos to you guys. Moving on to AEW. This was the fallout of the Double or Nothing pay-per-view, which was an amazing pay-per-view. We start out the show with the Inner Circle. They're talking about their uh, pep rally later on tonight. They're going to try and get their minds back into the game because they've been on a losing streak lately. They're trying to... Basically, liven the spirits up of the inner circle. While this is happening, Orange Cassidy walks by during their segment. And Chris Jericho basically says, watch what happens to Orange Cassidy tonight. He's going to get his revenge for him walking through the segment. The first match of the night, we get Private Party, Joey Janela versus Matt Hardy and the Young Bucks. Before this, we got a promo with the Hardy, well, with Matt Hardy and the Young Bucks. They didn't want Broken Matt Hardy to be their partner. So Matt Hardy went to Classic Hardy Boys, Matt Hardy, and they were like, we want a little before that. So Matt Hardy got back in the tights, and if you are uh, if you are aware of Matt Hardy's history, basically the character that he was tonight was Surge from Omega. The Omega days when Matt Hardy ran his own promotion and he was their star. That's the Matt Hardy that we got tonight. So week in and week out, we see all these different characters that Matt Hardy is playing He's going through an identity crisis, but it's highly entertaining to watch. And for those who are informed on every character that Matt Hardy is portraying here, from the version 1 character, to the broken Matt Hardy character, to the Hardy Boys, Team Extreme Matt Hardy, to now Surge from Omega, it's really entertaining, but you kind of have to be in the know to really understand what's going on. So for those who are unaware and see this as what the hell's going on, I feel sorry for them because it is a little confusing, but for people who are on the in on this stuff and really know what's going on, this is really entertaining. This was a really good matchup. It was pretty much a spot fest. Matt Hardy even said before the match, let's indulge and be spot monkeys tonight with the Bucks of Youth. So that's basically what they were. Everybody got their stuff in. It was really good. But the big story of this match is what happened during the match and what led to what happened after the match. I believe it was Nick Jackson who super kicked the Butcher accidentally 
on the outside because the butcher and the blade were in the crowd. This led to after the match, the butcher and the blade attacking the young bucks after Matt Hardy left the ring, and then through I guess like the entranceway, the driveway where Cody like came out with his truck a couple weeks ago, we see a car pull up, and it's the former revival from WWE. Now, we all knew that they were probably AEW bound, but we didn't know when it was going to happen. This was awesome to see because I really wanted them to be here in AEW. For everybody who knows the history, basically on being the elite, the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes been calling out the revival for a long time, since way before All In. So, this is going to go full circle and we're going to finally see what we could do with the Revival and the Young Bucks and what's going to happen when they're in the same ring with each other. So the Revival comes out and we all think that Revival is going to, or FTR is going to attack the Young Bucks, but they actually help the Young Bucks and attack Butcher and the Blade and then show respect to the Young Bucks. I know this is going to be building to a match between the Young Bucks and the and the Revival or FTR. I got to get it right. But they're going to take it at their own pace. They're not just going to say, hey, we all know they've been calling each other out, so here's a match at All Out, FTR versus the Young Bucks. They have to build a story for the people who are not on the end, kind of like I was talking about with the Man Hardy thing. It would be really confusing to see all, to know, oh, why are these guys feuding with each other right off the bat? Oh, there's history there? What's the history? So they're going to build this up slowly so you know all the drama, all the history, why they've been calling each other out for years. The Revival wants to have a match with the Bucks. They've been looking to get freedom from the WWE. They finally got their freedom from the WWE. And they have the chance to really show if they are one of the best tag teams in the world against probably the best tag team in the world. So I'm extremely excited for this. Another big debut for AEW. A big debut for the tag team division. This is going to add so much life to the division. And this was just awesome. After this match, we got John Moxley on commentary for a Brian Cage squash match against Lee Johnson. Cage made really quick work of Lee Johnson. Basically, Taz said when Cage goes after Moxley's title, he wants Moxley to bring Moxley. Bring the heart, bring the passion, bring the fighter, bring the craziness. Because he can bring whatever he wants. It's not going to be enough to stop Brian Cage. Now, here's the thing. This is just my opinion. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being, I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. As much as I would love to see Brian Cage and John Moxley, because that match is going to be really good. You know they're going to like kick each other's asses. As much as I'm excited for that match, it just doesn't make sense for me. And here's why. AEW has a ranking system. Every Friday, they put out the rankings. And this guy comes in. He gets a title shot right away. I know he won the ladder match. He got the chip at the casino ladder match at uh, double or nothing. But still, it's the fact of what's the point of the ranking system if there's matches that catapult someone from debuting his first match to instant title match. Here's like, the little loopholes and what makes it difficult to really get invested in the win-loss records and the the ranking system. Sometimes I feel like that is going to have AEW running into a wall because this match makes sense, but it doesn't make sense when you talk about rankings and win-loss records because Brian Cage just debuted. They have no idea when Firefest is going to even be, so I'm sure there's a lot of time to build Brian Cage up and he's going to have matches probably every week to build him up. But still, this is just one of the flaws of AEW. And I just want to be fair and call it out because I see it. Britt Baker, she cuts a promo tonight. She gives an update on her condition. She's going to be back at All Out. But she is on the ramp. She's basically giving a presentation on how to be a role model. She starts talking about all the... She's talking about the conspiracies of people trying to take her out. How Statlander, Sheeta, Nyla, they all hurt her purposely. And she said that the one person that's always in like every situation is Aubrey Edwards. So she's calling out Aubrey Edwards. I don't know if this is going to lead to a match between Britt Baker and Aubrey Edwards. I don't know if that would even be good. But... It's very interesting to see how they're going to incorporate Aubrey Edwards with this because we all know Aubrey is probably the best referee in wrestling today. She's very theatrical. I'm sure that she could succeed at anything that she tries, but I am not sure if a Britt Baker versus Aubrey Edwards match, if they're going that route, would be a bust or would be entertaining. I don't know. I'm really curious to see where they go with this. Cody comes out, he cuts a promo, he says that going forward, he's going to be defending the TNT Championship every week on AEW as a thank you to the fans that stuck with them during these tough times, watching every week, the people that dedicate two hours a week to watch AEW, he's going to give them everything he got by defending that title week in and week out. That means we're going to get a TNT Championship title match every week. I really commend Cody for this. This is awesome. I want to see Cody wrestle more on AEW. I know he does enough wrestling on AEW, but this is cool because you know you want to get a title match every week on AEW. It's something to look forward to. 
it's going to give probably a lot of opportunities to people on the roster who don't have opportunities like every week like some people do. So I'm really excited for this. It's very reminiscent of the John Cena Open Invitational when he was the U.S. champion. So this can only lead to great things. Probably a few surprises down the uh, line. I know that next week we're going to have Jungle Boy versus Cody. Jungle Boy won the Battle Royal tonight to crown the new number one contender for the TNT Championship. I think it was really cool to see that because Jungle Boy had one hell of a match at Double or Nothing. So this is a bit of a, I guess, a prize for his matchup at Double or Nothing. So that's going to be really cool to see him and Cody mix it up for the first time ever for the TNT Championship. I think it was interesting that we didn't see Lance Archer or Jake the Snake on the show. I don't know where they go with that. I hope that they're still going to be around. I hope that they still have a purpose on the show. I hope that Cody didn't like kill him dead in the water by defeating Lance Archer at the pay-per-view in his first big matchup. Because having Jake the Snake on the show and a guy to the caliber and size of Lance Archer is only going to add to the episode... But there is so much talent on this show that there's not enough time to have everybody showcase. So it's really hard to showcase everybody. It's just going to be interesting to see how they finagle having so much talent and only two hours a week to put them on. We got a tag team, uh, not a tag team title match, a number one contendership match on this show between Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc versus SCU, Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky. This was a decent match. This is... Going to lead to next week's matchup between Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc, who picked up the victory tonight to go against Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. That's going to be interesting because that's a matchup that we haven't seen yet for Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. So I'm interested to see that. That means we're going to get two title matches next week on AEW. So AEW next week is going to be stacked. The main segment of the night was the pep rally for the Inner Circle. They're coming out. They're trying to motivate each other. They're giving each other gifts. I really like Jake Hager's poem. He he basically had a poem that started out really delightful and then just went into full rager craziness, psychotic. So that was really funny to see that. Chris Jericho calls out Mike Tyson. We were promised that Mike Tyson was going to be on the show and I'm looking at the time and I'm like, yo, time is running out. Where's Tyson? Chris Jericho calls out Tyson. He says that he remembers in 2011 when Mike Tyson knocked him out live on Monday Night Raw, and they're going to continue this storyline here in AEW because he calls out Tyson. He said he hasn't remembered that, and he wants to knock out Tyson. So Tyson comes out with a couple MMA legends. I think i seen Rashad Evans in there. He had Vitor Belfort there. He had Henry Cejudo there. And they get in the face of the inner circle. Tyson rips his shirt. Jericho wants a piece of Tyson. Tyson wants a piece of Jericho. We have a big pull apart to end the show we have the whole roster coming out to pull these guys apart. Now, I loved every second of this. Like I said on the Double or Nothing episode of the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast, I'm a big fan of Mike Tyson. Obviously, I'm a big fan of Jericho. And I think that if this leads to Tyson versus Jericho, and it's at all out, I guarantee you that that's going to be AEW's biggest buy rate for a pay-per-view ever. Having Mike Tyson in a match, especially right now when he's coming back into pop culture and everybody's excited for him to have a comeback, having that comeback to be in AEW wrestling, that's going to bring so much attention to AEW. Having him in the ring with Chris Jericho, a legendary wrestler, is going to bring so much attention. And I think that we could do a big buy rate for AEW if we do have 
Chris Jericho versus Mike Tyson. That's if they're going that route. I know a lot of people are going to see the segment and say, oh, this was very reminiscent of Tyson and Austin's pull apart. But you know what? This was different. This is leading. This is the fallout of something that happened years ago. It wasn't random. So it makes sense. I am really excited for this. Like I said, having Tyson a part of AEW is just going to continue to raise awareness for AEW. For people who are fans of Tyson but may not necessarily be fans or know what AEW is, they're going to tune in to see this. Tyson looks motivated. He looks like he's in amazing shape. I really hope we get Chris Jericho versus Mike Tyson at All Out. Anyway, this was a really good episode of AEW. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Big debuts for FTR. Having Mike Tyson and Chris Jericho have a pull apart was amazing. I'm giving this show an 8 out of 10. Amazing show. AEW and NXT has the same score. So this is one of the few weeks where I say the fans are the winners. I'm like Sammy Guevara here handing out participation trophies. The fans are the winners because both shows were amazing tonight. And I thoroughly enjoyed them. So, yeah. AEW NXT been firing on all cylinders. I'm truly excited for next week. I'm truly excited to see where AEW goes with Tyson and Jericho. Where they go with the FTR. I'm truly excited to see the final buildup for NXT's In Your House Takeover show. Really awesome, man. My match of the night. Ah, oh, man. I'm going to give it to Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher just for the fact that it was so different. It was very refreshing to see them just like basically do what they do best on NXT. And yeah, having Kurt Angle a part of that match really added to it. Having the cage, no ropes, make it feel like that real like combat sport. I, I really love that match. I love the feel and the vibe and the energy of that match. So that's my match of the week. And my performer of the week, it's got to be Chris Jericho. Week in and week out, this guy finds a way to be talked about. He finds a way to be entertaining. He finds a way to get a new shirt, probably. Like, I'm really... Really excited to see what Jericho does on a week-in and week-out basis. And this just proved this week with him brawling with Tyson. Like, I didn't think that was going to happen tonight. So, yeah, my performer of the week is Chris Jericho. Guys, thank you so much for hanging with me. Thank you for tuning into the podcast tonight. Make sure you follow along on Fight for Wednesday Night on Instagram. Make sure you join the Discord server. We got a lot to talk about. Not just NXT, not just AEW. If you want to talk about Raw, SmackDown, if you got something that you got to promote, bring it on to the Discord server. Everybody's welcomed. It is a community of support. There's none of that BS. There's no trolling. Everybody's welcome. So Discord, just type in Fight for Wednesday Night. The link is in the bio of my Instagram. Everybody, click that link. Join the server. Join the community. Everybody's welcome. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week. See you guys then.
from iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 